0: Welcome to Brisbane West Vineyards Podcast. It's great to have you with us. We're a community of people sharing God's love, power and life that's revealed in Jesus. We gather Sundays 5pm at Good News Lutheran School in Middle Park. We exist simply for the King and His Kingdom, that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. to be here with you guys. Um, It's it's such a change, isn't it, as the seasons turn around. Um, Can you remember when we started off here in November and it was baking hot and we were trying to work out how to get the temperature right and everything? Um, And now the nights have drawn in and it's very cosy in here, isn't it? I'm really enjoying the the cosy nights. So thank you for coming out. It's good to have you with us today. Um, So today we're going to be starting a brand new series, as Jonathan mentioned. And uh, as you can see on the screen, we've entitled um, this series Breathe, Learning the Rhythms of Following Jesus. So why don't we start straight up by just practicing that breathing together? Why don't we all breathe in and then out? Can't really do that very fast, can you? If you're going to do it properly and well. It takes a little while to breathe in and out. You feeling a bit better after that? Breathing's wonderful, isn't it? We always feel a bit better once we've started breathing. (laughs) Or actually, as we continue breathing, right? (laughs) Taking a deep breath is good. So we're going to be traveling through this series for about the next seven weeks or so. And we're going to be reminding ourselves of five key rhythms um, that are essential sort of foundational disciplines um, of following Jesus. And you can see in the title up there that we've included that verb learning Um, in the title because we just want to remember that we're all learners together, aren't we? We're all learning how to follow Jesus and how to continue doing that throughout our lives. And that is actually, isn't it, what the word disciple means. It's quite simply someone who's learning. And so as we're disciples of Jesus, we're all learning together. So I want us to imagine tonight that we're standing in a long line of, of, of learners if we stand back and look sort of behind us We can imagine all the previous learners and disciples that are sort of going back through the thousands of years of learning how to follow Jesus. And then I want you to sort of turn around in your mind's eye and imagine from where you are and looking forward to seeing who's coming along um, after you, the generations that are coming up. And our passion for this series is that we want to really focus on these rhythms because It's not just about us in isolation, is it? It's about where we've come from to this point and then where we're going and who we're bringing with us, which is essential. It's really important, isn't it, that we are disciples who want to be discipling others. And that's really key and important to us and important to you guys as well. And so we want to keep remembering throughout this series that each of us, God has put stuff in us that we each of us have Um, the capacity to um, pass that on to others. So it's our hope and prayer that as we continue to learn together as a community, that we're going to grow through this series in our strength and our passion um, and our effectiveness and our longevity as well in learning to follow Jesus. So as we partner with the Holy Spirit, we're going to learn these rhythms of following Jesus. And uh, we want that to be transformative for all of us. So, Jonathan, if you could click on to the next slide, Uh, we're going to have a look at these areas. So, when I'm talking about rhythms, these are the areas that I'm talking um, about hearing the word, gathering in worship, trusting God with our money and time, sharing in prayer, and following the call to mission. So as you can see that these rhythms are pretty fundamental, aren't they, to our Christian walk? And uh, they are a bit like breathing in the natural. Now, we had a bit of a joke just now, but what happens if we don't breathe? (laughs) We die, right? And pretty quickly too, am I right? Someone can tell me how long it would take, but not very long. And so, but most of the time for something that's so essential, we don't really notice that we're doing it, do we? And so it comes really natural. We don't have to think about it. You know, we did that exercise just now, to everybody in and breathing out. So these, it's the same with these rhythms that you can see up there on the screen. Um, God's desire is that they become so much a part of who we are that we do them really without really thinking about them. And it becomes a natural rhythm of how we live. But at the same time, we recognize that trying to prioritize these things in our lives is actually a bit of a battleground at times. Because not only are we battling against our own flesh, we're also in a a battle with a real enemy. And he wants to do anything that he can to distract us and to convince us that we don't need to invest in these areas. And so um, just as part of the introduction, we've chosen chosen this beautiful analogy of breathing. Because um, as we do breathe, we can feel it bringing us life. It's also very biblical. In Scripture, we read about the breath of God um, throughout Scripture, don't we? And that ruach of God as God breathes. And we first encounter that in, the, in Genesis, don't we? Where, where God um, forms the, um, Adam, the, the first man out of the earth. And then he um, breathes the breath of life into him. And he comes alive in that moment. The very first kiss of life. And we recall the other instances um, throughout Scripture where God breathes. And we find those instances where he's breathing in a prophetic sense and then in a very real sense when Jesus um, breathes into his disciples. And it's all about life and bringing that life. And so that's why we've chosen that analogy of breathing for this series, because these things bring us life. Now, while we've split these rhythms up into um, different areas to teach these different messages, and we are going to see that they are actually quite difficult to separate. And they're intertwined and they flow together. And that's why we've put this um, together on the screen so we can see that they overlap um, with one another. And we'll see that as we go through our series today. And you'll also notice that these topics aren't new. These aren't the the latest and greatest things that you've never heard of before. And uh, that's the whole point of them. And so as we go through this series, we see that we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Men and women who have gone before us and have given their very lives that we might have the gospel in our hands today. Men and women who have faithfully taught their children and their grandchildren how to love and serve and honour Jesus. And so we're walking in the way that others have followed for thousands of years. In Jeremiah 16 verse 6, we read, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So this is what this season is about for us at VBW, walking in the good way and inviting others into it. So, well, yep, this isn't going to be new ground for you personally. We just want you to keep asking to yourself, "Who am I bringing along with me, and who am I encouraging in these different areas? How am I modeling these things to the next generation and those around me?" So, why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for um, for each of these rhythms that we can see here together today and we thank you Lord that you want to bring us life in every aspect of how we live together as individuals in in our community and so Holy Spirit we just pray right now Lord that you would come and stir in our heart a passion to go deeper with you and to be mindful of how we live and how we can bring others along in your fruitful path we ask that now in Jesus name amen okay thanks Jonathan if you could do the next slide for me So for session one, we're going to be starting at the beginning with the word, because of course, in the beginning was the word. And so our rhythm today is hearing the word. And in 1 John, we read in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus is the word of God. And as his followers, we believe that the Bible is the living word of God. And I've brought a couple of my Bibles along today, so I've got one here. It's looking a little bit battered, which is how a Bible should be, hey? Unless you bought it yesterday in (laughs) Cooran. I love this one because it's um, flimsy, you know. It's kind of really good and easy to get into. I'm sure you have your favourite as well. But we believe that this is no ordinary book, don't we? It's a book that is alive with God himself. It's written as a testimony, as a witness to God. And though we know it's written by many different writers and there's lots of different types of literature in here, all of it is inspired by God Himself. And that's what we believe as a community here at Vineyard. So, understanding and cherishing that word is foundational to us as Christians. But we recognize over the years there can be differences in how that word is interpreted. So for us, that's a huge area to get into, and I'm not going to dig it all up today. But a rule of thumb for us is to say that the, if you want a theological term, the hermeneutical key or the lens, like my my glasses, that I can't see very much without those glasses on actually at all. But when I put them on, everything becomes crystal clear. So that lens that we're looking through to try to understand Scripture is always Jesus. We always come back to Jesus Christ when we're trying to interpret Scripture. Thanks, Jonathan. In Hebrews 1, we read this, don't we? Hold on a minute. That one. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I got them in the wrong order. Then, yeah, that one. Uh, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. So we can see in the scripture that the writer is making it really clear, isn't he? That now that Jesus has come, we seek to understand God's word. We seek to understand it through the revelation of Jesus. And so as his followers, this needs to be our bread and butter. We can't get away from it. We're not going to find anything better. It's central to everything. And Jesus describes himself, doesn't he, as the bread of life. Do you remember that when Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the, in the wilderness, Satan was tempting him to give up on his God-given identity that had just been spoken over him at his baptism. And Jesus counters Satan, doesn't he, with Scripture every turn. And he confirms that word from Deuteronomy, that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. So what is Jesus saying there? He's saying that the words of life in here sustain us for life. I'm sure a lot of you are sitting here thinking, what am I going to have for tea tonight when I get home? But Jesus is saying this word sustains us more than food. And if that was true for Jesus, then how much more so for us? Now, Jesus lived and loved and relied on Scripture throughout his life and ministry. And uh, when describing himself, he often quoted from Scripture. Well, he always quoted from Scripture. Uh, When he was teaching parables, he brought Scripture out. When he was healing and setting people free, he was living out the promises that had been spoken about him in Scripture. So Jesus was saturated in the word of God, and he is the word of God. And uh, he returned particularly again and again to the Psalms, to Isaiah and Daniel time and time again. So if you want to get into the scripture that Jesus loved, have a go at digging into those books, Daniel, Isaiah and the Psalms. But I'm just going to put this down. I think it's fair to say that um, these days we, and by we I mean sort of, Western Christian community in general, so quite a broad sweep there. Um, I think it's fair to say that we've become fairly weakened in our dependence on the Word of God. And I think two things have been happening. that It's quite quite interesting because we have such an abundance at the moment, don't we, of access to Scripture, access to Bibles. You've probably got quite a few at home. There are Bible apps. There are books about the Bible. Anything that anybody can sell you, really, with a Scripture on it we have access to. But at the same time, I think perhaps our retention or our knowledge of Scripture um, is way down if you compare it to um, communities who don't have such access to the Word of God. And so we want to challenge one another and ourselves up here speaking as much as you guys um, that if the Word of God is so central to us, what is our attitude to hearing the word? And how are our, reflect, our actions reflecting that? Because obviously it's clear, isn't it, that if we hear something, then we need to be doing, we need to follow through with action. Now, before I go any, bit, any further, I'd just like to share a little bit of my story, um, if I could, with encountering the living word in the word. Now, some of you have heard some of my story before. Maybe some of you haven't. Um, But I was brought up as a Christian. I attended a Baptist church until I was 18 years old. Um, My my parents are still members of that same church today. Um, And at 18, I went off to university. That's why I stopped attending there. But uh, needless to say, as being brought up in that environment. I grew up treasuring the word of God, remembering scriptures, and uh, knowing how valuable that was. But as a teenager, I discovered that some of the choices that I wanted to make... Um, particularly choices regarding relationships, um, and a particular boyfriend I had at the time, um, was different to what the Bible taught me. And now this was a problem. (laughs) Because I loved God, and I loved the Bible, but for a few years in a row, I decided to ignore both of them. About two years into that journey of ignoring God, Um, I had this Bible here. That's why I brought it along. It's a pretty hefty Bible, not flimsy. Uh, This was my life application study Bible that I had for my 18th birthday. And I thought to myself, you know what, if I study this enough, (laughs) it's a study Bible, I'm surely going to find a way to justify not breaking up with my boyfriend and being able to love God and him at the same time. (laughs) So I scoured the pages in this book that I'm holding here, looking for a way out of that predicament. Now I knew God's best for me was not how I was choosing to live. Do you ever do that? <laughs> it's not a comfortable place to be, is it? So are going to be uncomfortable this morning, Dan. Um, but you know, despite that pain and despite the disconnect that I felt for those years, I continued to stubbornly put God in second place and my own affirm- and my own agenda firmly in the first place. Um, now, it caused like a dissonance in my heart and in my family, um, sleepless nights for my mum, probably my dad, but he never mentioned it. <laughs> Until one day, the light came on, and I knew I'd put things in the wrong order, and God and his, and his word was not first in my life. And so I surrendered Those are pretty precious moments, aren't they, when that happens? And I remember singing that song, I Surrender All, tears streaming down my face, and I gave everything to God. And I left that relationship. I decided to follow what God's best was for me. And um, over the coming months, the strangest thing began to happen with this Bible that I had been given. And it came alive I realised that in these pages, there was actually a person, a living being. Not simply a set of rules or some cool history. (laughs) Because I did love history. I still do. So in God's kindness and mercy, he began to reveal himself to me in a way that I had never experienced or seen before. And I read this whole book here through three times, cover to cover. And as I did, the tender heart of God that is revealed in here just began to break my hard heart and I just fell in love with him and I was 21 at the time and since then I haven't I haven't turned back from pursuing what is in this book as best as I can. Now I just wanted to start with that because I recognize that some people might do mind hear this message and you guys here today might be living in a way that is contrary to God's commands and how he commands us to live. And so while his commands are to be taken seriously and obeyed, it does begin with love. And God's love is in his word. And it is given to us in his loving kindness. Because he loves each one of us so much. But in order to follow him, there does come a moment, doesn't there, when we have to get down on our knees and give up. Going our own way. We can't talk our way around the truths that are in the Bible. We can't make excuses for how we want to live. We have to give up on our selfishness or our self protection at times, our different responses. And repentance, which really is a 180, isn't it? It's a turning around, a change of mind. It needs to be a part of our regular routine as Christians. Because God wants all of us, even those ugly parts, so that he can transform us. So our heart for this series is that we become those followers who are obedient and transformed by that passionate love that God has for us. And one of the ways that we can learn to breathe in this life is by trusting, treasuring and teaching the word of God. Thanks, Jonathan. I think there's Timothy scripture, if you've got it there, thank you. When Paul is writing to Timothy, um, that young man that he's raising up in leadership, he encourages Timothy to rely on the word, doesn't he? And to keep it central. All scripture is inspired by God, we read in 2 Timothy 3, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So as readers of the word, we know that we're also to be doers of it. I think, Eric, you can, you can confirm this. There's not a separate word for hearing and doing it in the Hebrew language. If you heard something, then it was implicit that you were going to do it. Otherwise, you hadn't actually heard it at all. That's right. And so... Action follows hearing, and this is the wonderful thing about the Bible, isn't it? When we capture the heart of it, and obey God's teaching that's in there, it's really powerful to transform us and change our hearts and minds. Thanks, Jonathan. The, the author in Hebrews sums it up in this way: the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged, sword, double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Have you experienced that for yourself as you've encountered God in Scripture? That moment when the Holy Spirit speaks through the pages and it utterly transforms you in a moment, it can convict you of sin and challenge you like nothing else could. And one of the Holy Spirit's key roles, I think, is conviction of sin and convicting us from where we're falling short. And so as we spend time in the word, we should read it with humility and with a teachable heart that is willing to receive instruction and respond in repentance when we feel that convicting nudge of the Spirit. When I was reading um, this week in preparation for this message, I found this great quote from the American pastor and author Rick Warren, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with. And this is a wonderful way that he puts it together. Reading the Bible generates life. It produces change. It heals hurt. It builds character. It transforms circumstances. It imparts joy. It overcomes adversity and defeats temptation. It infuses hope. It releases power. It changes the mind. Isn't that wonderful? Have you ever experienced that? You see, because one of our core beliefs, isn't it, when we come to read the Bible, is that we are fully expectant to encounter Jesus there. We don't just come to study it or to prove a point to someone. We must never use it as a weapon against someone. But we come to it to encounter Jesus, expectant that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal more of God to us there. And that's what we've got to do to teach our children, isn't it? And guys, we hope you guys understand that when we're teaching you about Scripture and teaching you the Bible, that we're expectant that God will speak to you in and through the Bible and what's in there. Because God wants to talk to you and he wants to meet you. Nicky Gumbel, the writer of the Alpha series from Holy Trinity Brompton in the UK, he says this, the Bible is special because through it we hear God's voice. Isn't that amazing? We take it for granted sometimes, don't we? But that is such an amazing concept and something that is different from any other book. Actually, God can speak to you through lots of books, but the word, we can be secure that that is God's voice speaking to us. Now, if you've never experienced that, that hearing God speaking to you personally in the word, then I encourage you to pray and ask God, God, I want to hear your voice. Will you speak to me through your word? And be patient and expectant and give time to it. Jonathan, if you could skip the next slide for me because that's it. Thank you. So what we have in our hands is quite astounding and precious. And people all over the world today are giving up their lives so that other people can experience having a Bible in their hand. And in the Alpha series, there's an interview where There's a couple of ladies. They must be like in their 20s, early 30s, and their testimony is that they were in a a nation that they don't mention because it's too dangerous. But they were handing out Bibles and posting the New Testament through people's doors. And uh, they had done that. I think they, I can't remember now how many thousand Bibles that they had delivered in that particular city and in that nation, but they were arrested and imprisoned for nine months and two weeks they spent in solitary confinement and they were threatened with all sorts of things and put on multiple trials. And um, their plight became found out and people all over the world were praying for them. And after nine months they were released and um, they now have a ministry where they go around the world sharing this story. Well, it just so happens that they were in Australia one day sharing this story in the church of, of, of what God had done through, um, through that ministry. And at the end, a couple came up to the stage in floods of tears. And they said, you know what? My family was resident in that city when you were delivering those Bibles. And one was delivered to our family. And our whole family came to know Jesus. And it was just such a wonderful testimony for those ladies to hear after what they had been through. And so I just wanted to share that story today because it's a reminder that the word is powerful and it can change lives because in there we meet the living God. And that's what he's interested in doing, isn't it? Rescuing each and every one of us and restoring us to our calling. Okay, so how do we interact with God's word as a community? Well, um, each one of us prepares a message like this to share with you guys each week, and it's 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 our belief that each of these messages is based firmly in the Word of God. So we don't want to stand up here and serve up to you some good ideas, and then you know search around in Scripture all week to try to back that up. We do it the other way around. We start with Scripture, and we see what God is speaking to us as a community. And we've experienced that really in a very real way this week as we've been putting this this series together of God confirming that this is the right path that we're on. Um, at the moment, and so this is a really difficult, <laughs> but and challenging, but an enjoyable part of this role that we have, of bringing these messages together for you guys. And so we appreciate you guys coming, and hearing, and getting stuck in with us. But there, we also encourage you guys to be self-feeders, who regularly go to the Word throughout the week yourself for sustenance and strength, and from what God is saying to you. So with that in mind, I just want you to take a few minutes, just a couple of minutes, if we get into threes, and just discuss these questions for a few minutes. Um, How do do you engage with God's word on a regular basis? What do you enjoy about it? Where do you struggle? And would you like help? How would you like help with that? So how about we just do that for a few minutes just together now, just grab a a partner or or get into threes and, and discuss those words. I'll give you a few minutes. Okay, I can hear you guys enjoying that discussion, which is really encouraging. You've all got lots to say, which is great. And uh, so that's what we're wanting to really um, stir up in our hearts through this series, is if we realise, you know, that the Word of God is so important to us, then like breathing, it's something that we need to all do and invest in on a regular basis, isn't it? Because If it just sits over there and we don't engage with it, we're not going to be able to um, experience God speaking to us and encouraging us and building us up. So you're right, Ari, we need to make time. So I've just got a few things here that I just want to run through uh, that you might have mentioned in your groups together, some practical ideas with how we can engage with God's word. And I'm sure some of you do these already, but let's have a reminder so reading by yourself, of course, we can read scripture by ourselves, um, and the best way to do that is to read great big chunks of it, isn't it? Um, and uh, reading whole books at a time, and trying different versions uh, of different translations can bring life um, to your um, to your study time. Um, do you know you, there's a great apps out there out there now, guys, aren't there? U version apps um, you can read on your phone, kids version, kids version as well. The, The Lectio 365, all of these different apps that are out there on the marketplace today help us to engage with God's Word in lots and lots of different ways. The Bible Project as well, we've advertised for many years here at Vineyard Brisbane West because we love the Bible Project. It's a great way to look at overviews and to do word studies and and all sorts of things. So um, our our own time and our own investment with the Word of God is something that we need to be prioritising throughout our week like that breathing rhythm that we've been talking about, breathing in the Holy Spirit and expecting him to be able to speak to us and equip us through the word. Um, Another way is through our small groups that we have going on and around the place. Um, In in our women's group, probably about two years has it been taking us now, maybe, Um, we've been studying um, the book called Women in the Bible, and it's got every single woman in the Bible from the first page to the last. And uh, we've been looking at that in our small group um, for the past um, couple of years. And it's been wonderful getting together and grappling with Scripture. And through that, we've read books and stories and um, things that we might not normally encounter, but um, some shocking and confronting, challenging stories that we see in Scripture. And we've been learning together and God has spoken to us and we've been able to be encouraged through that. So small groups is a great way to do that. Again, that's what we're doing in our Understanding of the Kingdom Um, We're getting into the Word. It's a Word-based study that we're doing there. So we would encourage you to participate in the life of the church through small groups and studying together. Um, On Sundays, as I've talked about already, we prioritize the Word, don't we? Now, here's a question. If I was to say to you, hold up your Bible, I mean, Alison has got hers, I can pretty much guarantee. Has anyone else brought their Bible? You're going to wave me your phones, aren't you? I knew you were going to do that. So this is a question that Jonathan and I were having in a week. Um, We've all got a Bible in our pocket, haven't we? And, um, And it's great, isn't it? But should we be bringing our Bibles? Question for you to think about. Now, I've just talked about Bible apps and Google for helping you remember those verses is is key, um, a good help to us. Um, But how are we teaching the next generation? And what are we demonstrating to them by looking at our phones all the time? Because they don't know when you're looking at your phone, if you're looking at, you know, a marketplace to see what you can buy that someone's chucking out. Or or if you are studying the word of God. Whereas if you sit with a Bible open, you can invite others into it and they can see what you're doing. So... Uh, I remember Tim Mackey from the Bible Project. His church always used to have the BYB um, or BYOB, bring your own Bible. And uh, they used to encourage people to do that. So just take thats Just a question. I'm not going to tell you it's wrong to bring your phone and it's wrong not to bring your Bible. But just think about what are we modeling and how are we demonstrating our love of and the importance of Scripture if people can't see that we're actually using a Bible. And also, On a phone, it's very difficult, isn't it, to know the front from the back um, where different things are. And uh, also, if you use a real Bible, you can highlight it and find your favourite scriptures and engage with God in it in a different way to if you're just looking up the odd verse here and there on your phone. Okay, reading scripture out loud. There's a blessing in scripture when we read it out loud. So you can read it out loud when you gather together with others um, in small groups or, or by yourself. Learning chunks of it by heart. Memorising scripture is probably a lost art for many of us now. But um, thanks to Google, (laughs) we don't need to do it so much. But it's a wonderful thing to do if you can remember and memorise scripture. It brings life. Also, volunteering to teach our younger generations we have got a team here who are teaching our kids and our youth, but we're always on the lookout for more people. And we really appreciate those who've been doing it for many years because that investment in our young people is what we need to keep doing to demonstrate to them the importance of the word. Okay. You probably came up with some more in your groups as well. So reading the Bible, first and foremost, is about relationship, isn't it? It's about relationship with God. And we read it to get closer to him and to learn from him and to be filled with him. And so that's where our desire is coming from. We want to keep inviting the Holy Spirit to shape and mold us through his word. Now, interestingly enough, Jonathan, I want you to just go to the last slide. Do you remember this picture from last week? Dan got us to meditate on this on this painting didn't he and to see how God was speaking to us through it and uh, when he asked us to do that this was a scripture that came to mind we've sung it this evening already your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path and Dan also talked about an invitation and that was the word that sprung to me when I was looking at this painting now, Psalm 119, if I was to say to you, right, to wrap up now, I'm going to read Psalm 119. <laughs> Who would be jumping up and down at that point? <laughs> it's slightly longer than some Psalms. Let's put it that way. It's 176 verses, so I'm not going to read them all to you. You'll be pleased to know. But this is where um, that beautiful, um, your word is a lamp to my feet comes from. Now, hun- that Psalm is actually a love letter to God about his word. And every 176 verses is talking about the value of God's word and how it enriches our lives, helps us sleep, is good for our mental health, helps us realign our thoughts around wealth, helps us in our relationships, helps us in all aspects of our life, all those 176 verses. So it's an acrostic poem as well. Every... The first letter of each stanza is part of the Hebrew alphabet, so it's the whole point of it is it's all-encompassing, and so I just wanted to leave that thought with us this evening about God's word, that it's all-encompassing, and that to um, to get to know God in and through His word will transform us in such a way that we feel his life actually coming and breathing into us as we engage with it. So kids, if you're looking for how you can feel less tired, how you can feel more inspired, how you can um, do great things for God, then get into his word and start bringing it in as a routine in your life and see how you begin to grow and become strong in him. Amen? Amen. How about we pray to finish? So I just want to encourage you guys to stand. And this is an opportunity, that invitation that Dan was giving us last week. Do we want to walk towards God or do we want to turn around and go the other way? Hopefully, we want to keep walking towards God. So as we've been thinking about the word this evening, how about we, I'm just going to pray. And if you want to respond, just put your hands out, And just we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and stir again a hunger and passion for his word and to just begin to transform us in that way. Father, we thank you that you are God of love and kindness. It's who you are. And we thank you that in that love and kindness, you have spoken to us through your word and through your son. And Holy Spirit, we ask now that you come in in that As we breathe in the Holy Spirit and that breath of God infuses us right now. We say, Holy Spirit, come and transform us through the living word. And Lord, where we have um, been neglectful in this area. Lord, we say we're sorry right now. We're sorry where we've neglected your word and we're sorry where we have prioritized other things. And become distracted. And Holy Spirit, we just ask right now, Lord, that you would just bring that life of your word into us. And that you would empower us, Lord. And that we would experience, Lord, more of you as we treasure what you have given us. Lord, that it would transform us into people who were just on fire with a passion for you. And Lord, that as we share that word with others, Lord, we see um, walls come down, relationships healed, people set free, people encountering you. And we thank you, Lord, for all the testimony that there is in this room of how each of us has encountered you in your word. And we say more, Lord, we want more of that in our lives and more of that as we sow in to the next generation. So we ask, Lord, come and transform us again. In Jesus' name, amen.